0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to which we can say amen. Our text is from John. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Now, we're certainly into the political season, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about it, and maybe some examples from the pulpit here, too. It's true that all of the promises will be kept, and... Nothing will be unfulfilled. We know that over the next eight years, all the problems of our nation will be solved. We've been told it. Now, sometimes popular examples have no theological content, and I'd like to give you a popular example that has all its theology wrong, but nonetheless makes a point. There was a prominent politician, and he died. And he went to St. Peter and said St. Peter I've died and what do you have for me and Peter said well we're not sure in your case you did some good and you did some bad so you can try them both That we'll see what you say so the first day he goes down to hell and they're sitting on a golf course and drinking and going on their little golf carts around having a great time and uh then they have lobster and filet mignon. And then he goes back up to Peter. And Peter sends him up to heaven, and he spends his time strumming his harps, sitting on a cloud, very peaceful. The politician comes back to Peter. He says, you know, I really do prefer hell to heaven. I think I'd like to go there. So down he goes, and he opens the door on the elevator, and it's fire and brimstone, horrible, awful Sulfur. That's about the only part they got right, theologically. So, at any rate, he asks his colleagues that he had been playing golf with and having dinner with, what happened? He said, well, that was the campaign season. You just elected us. See, that's what this is all about, just popularity. No one's really telling the truth. I mean, they're telling a kind of a truth, but it's not really the truth. Because the truth really is that the problems of this world will be until Christ returns. Yeah, we can do something about some of them, to some degree. But in reality, the problems will remain until Christ returns. Because it does not say anywhere in the scripture that we're going to be able to work things out in this world without the power of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's nobody campaigning on that platform, is there? You know, we can tinker with this and tinker with that. and In the end, the problem is not them, but us. And so, we read this command, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And somehow all the vanity and speciousness, all the adulation and all the other things that are going on, all the news media sort of burnishing people and not burnishing other people and other things like this, it all just sort of goes away. Because that's not really what the love of Christ is about. That is not really how the problems will get solved. Jesus, after he had fed the 5,000, for example, did not stick around for a second day to feed them the next day. They were disappointed. They followed him, but, you know, he still didn't feed them. Instead, he gave them a speech, which they really didn't listen to very well. Jesus gave the widow back her son, but did not give her a million dollars to go with it, right? She was still a widow, still poor. Jesus hung out with all the wrong people, probably had a zealot or two around, you know, some kind of terrorist or something. There were also, of course, people who were degraded, hung out with prostitutes, tax gatherers, others that were unpopular. He even said that his ministry was primarily to those folks, those folks who had been left behind, those folks who were undesirable. And then, of course, Jesus' campaign manager, who probably was Peter, self-appointed campaign manager, thought his candidate was a bit nuts. So, when Jesus says that Peter has said the right thing for once, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, immediately Peter feels like he ought to rebuke Jesus. He should tell him, don't have these messianic, suicidal, horrible thoughts come on Jesus we're going to whip the Romans and Jesus has a few words for Peter get thee behind me Satan you have not in mind the things of God but the things of men and Jesus goes to the cross a very unpopular place to campaign he goes for you and for me who are unworthy of him. Jesus at the cross. It's not very good. He doesn't look very electable. His campaign appears to be a failure. His crown is not glorious. The robe on his back is a mockery. In fact, it's stripped off him earlier and then. Even his garments they cast lots for. And Jesus pardons a criminal on the cross at the last moment. I'm sure that did a lot for his ratings. And he dies for us. You know, there were only three constituents left to Jesus that we find in Scripture, maybe four or so. There there were some women... Of which a couple are named. And then there was John. And that was about it. I mean, the campaign manager had even fled. He was off hiding somewhere from little girls who might say something about who he was. Now, this is the Christ the Christ who doesn't solve our worldly problems all the time, he meets our needs. The Christ who gets us through the terrible things of this life. The Christ who lets us praise him in all these things. But he's the one we get to follow. And so, these words are very appropriate. He transforms us, makes us new. And then we get to hear these words from John. The ones that we don't read so often. If the world hates you... Keep in mind that it hated me first. (coughs) Now, it doesn't say your congregation members are going to hate you. Although, I think sometimes they don't like you either. The world, however, does not want to hear a clear message of law and gospel. The world does not want to hear that living apart from the law of god is righteousness is unrighteousness rather they don't want to hear that doing wrong is actually bad the world also doesn't want to hear that nice people could go to hell i mean that's reserved for really really wicked people if there's a hell at all the world wants to go its own way, its way of works, it wants to forget about Jesus Christ. Well, we're called to bring it back on track. And you know what happens when you tell people something they don't want to hear. You know what happens when you say something to them that they just don't want. It's what happened to Jeremiah. They throw you in a cistern. This is what love is, and that's the problem. The love Christ has is sacrifice. It's not gooey feelings. It's not good-natured niceness. It's sacrifice. It's blood. It's cross. And when Jesus commands us to love as he has loved us, we also must bear our cross. You don't get any salvation out of this. We're very Lutheran about this. You know, no salvation out of this. But because you're saved, you bear your cross. Christ Jesus did all that work of salvation for us, but now being new, we carry our cross. I would suggest to you that being popular is unimportant. Being Christian is important. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has given us a great gift, the opportunity to bring his word. I pray that we will be bold in doing so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.